This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier Reese. Pastor X, how are we doing today? Good, Tony. Amen. Already have done May already. Amen. It is. We've we, we polished off April. Yeah. <laughs> also in the studio with us today, uh, doing our production, our brother Ray Miranda. How you doing, Ray? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 235 on May, May 3rd. May 3rd, 2022. Pastor Sam Tirado helping with audio and video today. Pastor X, we had a busy month in April. Very, very much. Yeah. Fruitful. Uh, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. Had a wonderful, awesome time. Yeah, yeah. So grateful to get back out into the, the city to go out and have a, an outdoor service in yeah, the park. Yeah, it's been two years since 2020 when they shut everything down. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was great. I was surprised that they gave us the permit, but thank God they did. Amen. And um, many people came out. And again, we have the sunrise there, Lazy Man Sunrise. <laughs> and then uh, two right here. And then um, uh, again, Good Friday, we had the two, 12 and the six. And... Um, um, great opportunity because a lot of people will go to church based on religion, being religious yes. and having a, a belief in God, but not really knowing God. And so it's a great opportunity to share the gospel and they hear the gospel and they get born again. Amen. If they agree with God. And um, God honors all of that completely. Amen. Yeah. I had a, a fellow from the church comment to me that at the Easter and the, the service in the park, he was commenting on how you spoke so slowly and clearly and, and I think you know that reflects because you realize you're sure. talking to a mixed multitude sure. it's not really so much instruct it is instruction yeah, obviously yeah. Nice. but it's to a different perspective sure, sure. you got a different audio you got a mixed audience much more than you do on Sunday yes that. yeah on yeah. those religious holidays and then we had this past Saturday uh, the Garden of Life the women's seminar right. which was awesome and well attended, the ladies just did an amazing job, and just just grateful. It's so awesome to see all these people. You know, Pastor X, there were maybe 300 total people, maybe a little bit more in that neighborhood that attended the event on Saturday, but my guess, there may have been as many as close to 100 ladies who yeah. were involved in helping and preparing right, and right, right, all right. the details. Yeah. And Yeah, and that always happens, you know, when we're talking about, you know, just in a regular Sunday, whatever, when we're here. Um, you've got so many people involved. Yeah. It's not just the people. And again, we don't count. We never give numbers, you know. We, we started with three people in a home study, and, you know, we've been up to three services, you know, and Sunday morning and then the evening, and now we're down to two. Yeah. Uh, but we never, we, the numbers are irrelevant. God yeah. takes care. Um, yeah. um, Alan Redpath once said, um, he said, um, uh, subtractions are, blessed subtractions from God sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the additions and the subtractions are all both blessing when they come from God. Yes. And that's important. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're excited. This coming Thursday, the 5th of May, is going to be the National Day of Prayer. Yes. And do you think we need prayer as a nation, Pastor Absolutely. X? And those of you that are just listening in, that just continue to pray for our nation. Amen. It's just so important, especially right now with the uh, decision with the Supreme Court, Roe yeah. versus Wade, and all the pressures going on. And hopefully they don't cower. 
hopefully they stand their ground uh, and uh, that they make the right decision. And then um, we'll see, then the pressure will be on each state to see how they do that and whether the people in that state will tolerate it or not. And so, um, um, you know, it, it's just incredible. Yeah. And so, but again, God's on the throne and he's directed. I mean, who would ever think in uh, such a time as this when our nation has become so uh, immoral, godless, uh, godless God-haters, yeah. that at this, at this point, Roe versus Wade would even be considered to be overturned. Crazy. It's insane. <laughs> so, again, uh, God does some um, incredible things. And, again, he doesn't force anybody, but he does allow sometimes um, nations to receive the severe consequence of their decisions through the years to correct them at times. And that ha does happen in history. Uh, the mere consequence of your ungodless decisions and actions and evil um, gives the nation a good spanking. Amen. Yeah, one that they deserve. Today we're going to continue on with our series. We've been talking about the person and the ministry of God's Holy Spirit. And uh, we've been looking at the details concerning the Spirit and the life of the believer. People have a lot of ideas about the Holy Spirit, Pastor Xavier, how he operates and what he does. Does everything we know, and, and all of our interaction with the Holy Spirit, is it all based on principles from the Scripture? It has to be. The Scripture is it. Um, if it's not in Scripture and it's not being used in context, then it's not truth. And so the revelation of God is expired from Him, revealed by Him. He's the source of the origin. And the ability to record it infallibly, inerrant, is also by him. Yeah. First Timothy, uh, uh, second, uh, second Timothy three, uh, three sixteen seventeen. Yeah. You have uh, Second Peter, uh, one nineteen through twenty one, and uh, it's God's word. And so, therefore, it has to be the plumb line. Um, remember that um, Peter, at the day of Pentecost, they accused him of being drunk as well as all the other people. Yeah. And he says, no, no, th this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. He went right to the scripture. And he went right to the scripture, and he said, um, declared that to be the fulfillment of what they were witnessing on a short-term basis, and the long-term basis would be at the end of the tribulation period. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't declare that. He just quotes it all and only says, this is the fulfillment. Amen. And so um, it's important that the Word of God is, is, is the sole standard of anything that we uh, practice or experience. It's interesting you say that because people are very susceptible to emotionalism. Mm -hmm. And when you, you have a particular practice, like for instance, something we've seen in the last 50 years here in the U.S., just one one thing in ultra-Pentecostal situations is people practicing what they call being slain in the Spirit. Right. And that's not, we don't really find that in Scripture, not as a practice. Right. You know, and, but yet it's just become stock and trade right. for televangelists, people on TV, and, you know, they lay the, practice the laying on of hands, and then people drop to the floor like they're unconscious. Right. And this is, and emotionally, people may really get a boost out of that. Yeah. But that's, that's not really a standard for... No, we don't find any of that. The only two no. people that were slain in the spirit was Ananias and Sapphira. 
<laughs> they never got up. Yeah. So we're, we're not saying that we don't believe in miracles. I believe God does miracles. Amen. We've seen people get healed. Absolutely. We've seen miraculous things. This, this ministry is a miracle. Uh, the very fact that we're here, we're a miracle. Yeah. Um, but um, we must be able to put our finger on what we are practicing or, or stating to be biblical. And so one way to determine real easy doctrine uh, and whether it's legitimate or not, did Jesus teach it? Amen. Uh, in the Gospels? Is it found in the book of Acts? Mm -hmm. Is it found in the epistles? Okay. And if it is, then we can do it. So those three things, yeah. very important. Yeah, very important. Amen. And so, you know, you want to make sure again, you know, slain of the Spirit. I believe God could knock you down. Sure. But if it's truly of God, why do they have to have catchers? <laughs> Why do they have to have catchers? They're going to crack their head if they don't catch them. Yeah. So, again, God's not going to, you know, slay you in the spirit to crack your skull. No. Uh, or for you to get hurt or whatever it is. Now, again, God sometimes sovereignly, through the shenanigans of human beings, Yeah. though it is unbiblical, God can save somebody or heal somebody. Amen. He Amen. does that all the time. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it, you know, um, you had Catherine Coleman, you had Baron Baker, uh, you've had other guys that have been completely off the wall. Peter Popoff. Yeah, Peter Popoff. Who's back on television yeah, again, by the, uh, by the way. Nicknamed Peter Ripoff. Yeah. But, you know, because um, and, and God honors his word above his name. Amen. But we as a church have to make sure that we know that it's biblical and we find it in context that we pass it on as a practice and as yes. a doctrine. Amen. Very important. Pastor X, I'm noticing in the scripture there are so many different names used for the Holy Spirit. Is there a purpose to that? Well, you know, God has many names in the Old Testament. Amen. Uh, to demonstrate his very character, the things that he wants to do for us. So the same thing with the Spirit of God. Remember that there's three individual persons in the Godhead, yet it's one God. Amen. And so, you know, people get confused and they start adding the Trinity and they end up with three gods, you yeah. know, uh, and it's wrong. And uh, monism is just one God. No, we believe in triism. There's three persons in the Godhead, one God. Uh, and it's very clear from the very beginning of Genesis in verse 1, in the beginning, God, Elohim. Elohim is a compound unity of, 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 of beings. It's a plural word. It's a plural word with I am and thee. And then in Genesis 1.26, the conversation of the Godhead, let us make man in our image, mm -hmm. uh, the Shema of Israel. In Deuteronomy 6.4, the Lord our God is one. The word one there is the word in the Hebrew for compound unity, Achad. not the absolute oneness. Amen. Uh, and so uh, throughout the, the scripture, we see this. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is called that, and the Spirit of the Lord, this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of adoption. Amen. And so again, all three have a, a, an essential part in the plan of salvation and the process of salvation. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we shall be saved. And so you're talking about past, present, and future. It's a continuous uh, uh, um, process of God by the Father, who's the channel, who's the one who made the plan. You have Jesus Christ, who's the channel, and then you have the Holy Spirit, who's the agent to bring that about. Amen. And God just does this completely. So our perspective is, is as believers, I'm going to be moved by the Spirit of God, and and I should seek that. Yeah. I should be asking God by His Spirit to move and direct my life. And one of the things that shows up so prominently in the life of a believer, 
is thankfulness yeah. to the Lord, a recognition of what God has done. Right. And thankfulness really is my response to him yes. in that perspective. Yes. People in the modern world, Pastor X, they don't strike me as being particularly thankful. Is that just a symptom of our world situation? Well, we see it less and less now in the place we're at in the world because of the world uh, condition um, that is declared in the Bible. The latter yeah. days, men will be unthankful, ungodly, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Um, but we can look at man's history, and there are periods of history where people are very thankful Amen. Uh, to God. As God has poured out a spirit, that's the revivals, and they thank God. They know God has delivered them. God is behind it. Um, our very um, founding fathers were very thankful to God. Yes for bringing them under the tyranny uh, of the England um, tyranny. Yeah. And uh, they knew that God was for them and that God had sent them and they established the Constitution based on the God of the Bible. Many people say no, but they, they don't know what they're talking about. No. Um, and and uh, our Constitution will not work without a belief in the God of the Bible. Amen. It's the fear of the Lord that allows you to understand that he knows everything and he will judge every person and that he sees and hears everything. And though you may think that you're smart and slick, um, you, you will have to face a, a, a judgment day. Yeah. And uh, it's a basic principle that will keep you in line. And so it, it's very important. So, you know, um, when we've gotten to the place now to just take a watershed of of the year 2000, we went into an immoral society. Uh, it's just amoral. Yes. It's not even immoral. It's amoral. There's no morals. There's no ethics. Not yeah. the work ethic. Yeah. Not. Uh, I mean, even our judicial system. You don't put a. You don't have to put your hand in the Bible anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we even had um, one of the politicians go into the Senate, um, um, uh, swearing under the Quran, yeah. which is totally unconstitutional. Yeah. Okay. But you, you have all these new rules that contradict and really destroy our Constitution. And so we become very self-sufficient, very self-glorifying, uh, um, really. Yes. And, and so it brings an arrogance. It doesn't bring a thankfulness. A thankfulness it comes from recognition that, that what you have or who you are or what has happened to you is due to someone else. Yes. And you are so grateful for that, mm -hmm. that you are humbled by it and you feel an obligation, an indebtedness to express that to that individual. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned the founding fathers because even some of the founding fathers that were not real believers, they're, they're living in a, a, a decidedly Christian culture at the time. And Benjamin Franklin who was a guy who really wasn't a believer. He was a close friend of the famous evangelist uh, of the day, uh, the English guy who came over here and evangelized in the States. I can't remember his name right now. Wesley? No, not Wesley, uh, the Calvinist. Oh. Uh, anyway. Moody, I believe. No, huh? no? Was, uh, um, another guy. But anyway, okay. Franklin was thankful to God. Sure. And he sure. saw the initiation of this government as something that God was responsible sure, for. Sure. And so even people who are not, don't know the Lord will be, be thankful to God yeah. under, under circumstances yeah. where they see yeah. his hand at work. And again, they may not know the God of the Bible, but they do believe 
in God, even in their own way, but they know that there's something outside of themselves. They haven't identified as Jesus Christ. Amen. But they, they, they believe in the supreme being. Yeah. This whole world didn't come out of an explosion. <laughs> okay? It just didn't happen that way. It didn't come through evolution. Yeah. And so they know that there's a supreme being. They just haven't come face to face with them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because uh, general revelation is by creation, conscience, and history. Yes. But that, that only makes us accountable and, and knowledgeable that there is a creator. But the special revelation of the gospel allows us to be confronted with the fact that I need, I need my sin forgiven. I am a sinner. And that only one person died in my place for my sin, Jesus Christ. And that I must acknowledge my sinfulness as well as my sin and ask Him to forgive me. <laughs> and that He changed my heart. And that I become a son or daughter. And then He does this through that prayer of repentance. Yes. What we usually call being born again, as Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John 3, 3 through 5. And so being that, now I have a personal relationship. I am exactly sure absolutely confident that I know that God created everything now and yeah. that he died he, he, he left the throne um, divested himself of his glory took on the form of a servant uh, and then he came down the wash feet and was obedient to the death of the cross yes God the Father made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and now my thankfulness is very very clear. I, I, my obligation to him is from the heart, yeah. not as duty, but an appreciation. And that, that makes it's a big a difference. It's a privilege yes. to be thankful to the Lord. Now, Pastor X, would you say that people who are not born again, people, normal, everyday human beings, is thankfulness a normal situation for them? Thankfulness to God? Well, again, they, they have their concept, whatever the concept of God is, mm -hmm. but they are thankful. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, society teaches man, we're creating the image and likeness of God, right? So yeah. we have a, 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 an ability to do good. And so when um, children are raised by their families, you know, if, if families have some ethics, some morals, and some upbringing, um, then of course they're going to teach their children to have a social etiquette, you know, say thank you, yeah. excuse me, pardon, let me hold the door open for you. You know, to be respectful. Well, that's got to be okay? the exception these days. Right, right. Today, where we're at, that doesn't happen. No. Okay, because families are all fractured. Um, some people don't even know who their mom is or their dad. Yeah. Um, some people um, have been married three, four, five times. Uh, some people have lived with people and have had kids with one person, live with another one, had another kid, and they have five different kids from five different men. Absolutely. And now they get married. And he has five from somebody else. Yeah. So it's, it, it's really a, a mess that we have put ourselves into. Because what it does, it gives a, a very distorted view of family. And it makes it much more difficult for family to work the way it's supposed to mm -hmm. in the home and in society. Now, having said that, anybody who repents, God will forgive and cleanse. And he will give the wisdom on how to run that home. But it's in obedience to the Word of God. It's going to cost us. Yes. We have to reckon ourselves dead, put those old things away, the tradition, the culture, whatever it is. And so, you know, God can, God has done that. I mean, look at the first century church. These guys were depraved. 
coming out of the Greek culture. Amen. The Romans, I mean, they're horrible. But yet, they, they honor God. God turned them around. He turned me around, turned you around. So he did. God's good. <laughs> what we see as normal human nature, essentially, it's come down from the very beginning, from the fall. Right. At that point, you know, right. we, and you see that played out human history and in the biblical narrative. Sure. God gives us a really clear picture in the scripture yeah. that man is tweaked. Yeah. And he's got serious issues and that there needs to be a dramatic departure in right. order for yeah. people to come. And, to and that's why and that's why the the Bible is attacked so much by academic professors. Amen. Universities, because um it, it, it defies their uh, their indoctrination mm -hmm. that man is sufficient for everything, humanism. He is the all of all. And uh, that, that, that tweaks their, their authority. Uh, but when you look at the first 11 chapters of Genesis, they are the foundation and key to the rest of the scriptures. That's why the first 11 chapters are attacked severely all the time. Yeah. If they can do away with the first 11 chapters, you've got no basis for the rest of the no scriptures. No foundation. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. From the beginning, God declares he created everything. He created man. He created the woman. He created animals. He created the earth. He created the planets. And then he shows that he gave Adam and Eve a beautiful place to live. They would have to do, do a little work only in the casual thing. There was no weeds. There was no yeah. anything else. It, was, it wasn't going to be hard labor. No. And he says, now, there's only one tree that you can't eat of. And if you eat of it, you, you're going to die. Dying, you will die, literally. Yeah. And, uh, and they chose not to. And so now they brought through sin. Therefore, there's death. Death is the outcome of sin. Sin declares that man now has a free will with a fallen nature. That fallen nature is self-centered. That fallen nature yes. wants to sit on the throne of one's life. And so therefore, even with education and with refinement and even in the civil society that we've had in history at times, it's good, but, that, but, but you don't know God. You don't eradicate it. No, that sin nature is there. You've mm -hmm. got it in a cage. You've got it in a leash maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, if you ask them to sit or roll over, it may do that. But, but if, when it comes to bite, he's going to bite you. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, and so uh, that, that's for every generation, for every nation, every race. Yeah. Uh, that's the common denominator. Today, there's such a pitting of, uh, of um, the, um, uh, the world with rich against poor, black against white, uh, male against female educators against the parents and parents against the children, children against the parent and the educator. And you've got all this pity to divide because when you divide, you conquer. Yes. You divide it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they do this uh, to bring a destruction and confusion to society. When we as Christians recognize this, we submit ourselves to the Lord and we want to do what's glorifying to the Lord. We know that there's a perfect order. We know that God created men and women, but it's from men and women that babies come, not from two males, not from two females. Yeah. Um, we know that, that um, uh, God intended the family to be the nucleus of society. Mm -hmm. And when we have messed up homes, you have a messed up society. Dramatically. And that is it. Yeah. And when you start messing with the, with, with the very foundation of society, the family, which is really an attack on God. 
It this is. whole thing is yeah. an attack on God. God said this. Well, what did Satan say uh, to Eve? He says, has God said? So it's always an attack against God and his word. Does the Bible really say that? Is it true? Do you really believe that? It's the introduction of doubt. That's right. Yeah. So you bring doubt in and you have to do character assassination on God. Yeah. He just knows that the day you eat, you're going to be just like him. So he wants to limit you. He wants to keep you from being all you can be. Yeah. So you take an objective truth that's to instruct you and subjectively you pervert it to exalt yourself and to think that you know better than God. Pretty crazy. It's interesting, Pastor X, that you cite, you know, the attack against the family as being an attack against God. Since the early 1960s, the administration of Lyndon Johnson, uh, the United States as a government has subsidized single parent families. Yes. So if you're, you're a single mom, with kids, you get supported by the government. Yep. And the gov rules of economics and governments, whatever you support financially is going to increase. Right. And we've seen it, unfortunately. Right. right. And again, we, we don't mean to say as Christians that we shouldn't help individuals that need help. No. It's just that you cannot have um, the majority of the nation that began being a small portion. Yeah. And it keeps growing, and all of a sudden now, how are you going to pay it? Yeah. You know, like right now, all these politicians are saying there's going to be free college and free homes and free everything. Who's paying for it? Yeah. We're $20, 20 $23 trillion in debt. 30 yeah, right we, there. We, 30 isn't now? Mm -hmm. we, we can't even afford, we couldn't afford to pay the interest when it was 10 yeah. let alone 30 So and Interest is going up. They, they bankrupt our nation. Totally. It's a complete yeah. lie. Yeah. And, you know, obviously these people, at least they think they have a plan, but the reality is God's plan is the one that's going to win out, and we're grateful sure. for that. You know, we're in, we're in such a mess. God help us. Um, man, Pastor X, being the mess that we are, you, I've heard you say many times that because of the fact that we're created in the image of God, man still has a potential for good. Sure. Sure. And it's that potential that we are speaking to. Right. We're hoping for the Lord to, to prompt people right. and draw them to the truth that they might be thankful yes. to him. Yes. And, you know, and again, as, as we said earlier, um, the potential for good and the ability for good is seen throughout history. Mm -hmm. um, you have had very civil, um, growing societies in terms of technology and everything, when a nation is growing, whatever it is, and people are civil, they open the door for each other. Thank you. Let me help you. Can I help you with those bags? Yeah. That's all because we're creating the image and likeness of God. But our bent is towards evil. Right. So as long as there is a, a, a conscience of the person and a social conscience, society will function pretty effective. And the exception of those who would dare to break their conscience and the conscience of society, they get reprimanded and they receive the consequences. Well, hopefully there are consequences, the yeah. There used to be, okay? Yes. So when you take away consequences, then you destroy all authority. Yes. And so no longer, there's, there's no, no self-restraint conscience anymore. There's no social conscience. 
there's no ethics or moral conscience being taught in the schools of education. Yeah. And so you've got man doing whatever he wants. Well, though he still has a potential for good, his bent for evil now becomes a greater norm. And when you give license to sin, it becomes destructive to the individual first, then society. Yeah, it's, it's pretty horrific yeah. if you think about it. Um, it's, it's I wonder why the Lord just doesn't wipe out, you know, the... the yeah, if I was God, I'd wipe me out. <laughs> population of the world. Uh, God's mercy, His yeah. love. He yeah. is um, beyond us. He is different from us. He is the otherness of us. Yeah. Uh, something we could never be. Amen. And so he is very faithful. He's loving. But he's patient, but he's not stupid. No. God is very patient. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, some people, God judges. First chapter of Romans says God's wrath is poured out upon every day on yeah, people. Godly. Yeah. And he smokes them. And then others, he waits till after death, and he'll judge them in the white throne judgment. Isn't it interesting okay? that God's reluctance to bring judgment yeah. all at once on people, it really emboldens people to do evil. Of course. And you see that. Yeah, city of Nineveh. Yeah, exactly. That's why Jonah didn't want to go. He hated them. Jonah lived in the northern area of Israel, and most likely he probably, it's very possible that those raiding um, um, armies of the Assyrians that um, they killed some of his uh, family members Could or be. good friends. Yeah. And he, he hated them. And he didn't want to go. He didn't, Jonah didn't, didn't run away from God because he didn't know his God. He ran away from God because he did know his God. Yeah. He knew he was loving. He knew he was, he was patient, forgiving. And that if, if the Assyrians did repent, he would forgive them. Jonah did not want them in heaven. Amen. And he wanted a, them in hell. That's a great illustration for people who say the God of the Old Testament is a God of right. wrath. And God saved them on the maybe. He did. Amen. And then a hundred years later, Nahum prophesies again, the judgment comes of Nineveh, yeah. the Assyrians, yeah. because they went back. Mm -hmm. They didn't remain walking with God. This is clear in the Old Testament as well as the New. You're born again. You better abide in Christ. You better continue to walk in the Lord. We're not talking about working for your salvation. Before the cross, there's no works. You're saved by grace through faith. After you're born again, then works come because now you're alive. Yeah. You're no longer dead. It's a privilege. No contradiction. No. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. Today we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit and our necessity to thank God for all that he's done. We'll be right back with you after these messages. We begin our character studies of different individuals of the Bible, and what better place than Adam? There are many women in the scriptures who are models of virtue and the grace of God, and certainly Abigail is one of them high on the list. Pastor Xavier Reese presents the significant people of scripture with his character studies of the Bible series, now available in MP3 audio format on a USB flash drive. This PC or Mac compatible flash drive contains 169 messages in all, highlighting various figures throughout the Old and New Testaments. We want to begin our study of Mary by looking at the Annunciation. Our character study is Pontius Pilate. Tonight we'll be looking at Paul. From Adam and Eve to the Twelve Apostles and many, many more. Pastor Xavier Reese's Character Studies of the Bible USB flash drive makes a great study tool for the new believer and a perfect reference guide for the whole church. Get yours at the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. 
That's the Character Studies of the Bible USB flash drive at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. The grace of God through the provisions of Christ provides the power to obey the new nature. Is he saying you're perfect? Absolutely not. But you can hit the mark now. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we are busted. No more excuses. It's called sin nature. That's what it is. Crucify the old man. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Now available in the online store at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. It's the complete verse-by-verse audio commentary of the scriptures from Genesis through Revelation. Taught by Pastor Xavier Rees from Calvary Chapel Pasadena's pulpit. Over 600 messages spanning the entire Bible. You'll receive the complete series in MP3 format contained on a single reusable USB flash drive that's both PC and Mac compatible for just $39.99. It's the simple truths of God's Word, a commentary of all 66 books, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, compiled together in one convenient flash drive, ready to be loaded onto your computer or mobile device. Hear and study the Word of God at your own pace, anytime, anywhere. That's the verse by verse audio commentary of the entire Bible by Pastor Xavier Reese, contained on one PC Mac compatible flash drive for just $39.99. Look for it in the audio messages section of the online store at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. That's CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel Pasadena. And you're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're talking about aspects of the Holy Spirit of God and the importance of thankfulness in our lives. But Pastor X, we have a question that was actually submitted from uh, one of the listeners online. Okay. And it came, actually, I don't have the person's name because it came through Instagram and unfortunately uh, the name aspect was wiped out. But it was probably a question you may have never heard this before. <laughs> is, it, is drinking beer and wine wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, when I got saved in 1973, I came out of the world. I, I used to party all the time. I drank, do everything else. And, um, and I heard the gospel, and God just took all that away from me. Amen. And because I, I know for personal experience that alcohol, nothing good has ever come out of alcohol. My father, I used to drink with my dad. Mm-hmm. And certainly my dad and my mom had problems because of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of my friends, uh, people that become alcoholics. Um, people say, well, you know, alcoholism is, a, uh, is, a, is, an, is a, an acquired disease. It's not. No. It isn't. You, you, you decide to drink and then you get throes of the liver. So it's not a normal thing, you know, like they want to categorize it. But the thing is that the scriptures are clear. Uh, and again, we want to use the scriptures as a standard. Nowhere in the scriptures is it going to tell you you cannot drink. No. Neither is it going to tell you that you cannot take drugs directly. But um, it, it, it will tell you that your body is a temple of God. Amen. And so I, if, if, if I used to drink and get loaded and whatever else. And now I'm a Christian. 
and I continued doing the same things I was doing that were sinful, yeah. or the sin came out of, what's the difference between me and the non-believer? Exactly. Why do I need to be born again? Yeah. What kind of an example am I? Mm -hmm. And you've got to consider the culture of the day. Uh, they used to water down the wine, uh, three parts to two with water. So the drunkenness was a sin. The Proverbs are very clear about that. Yeah. And so any pretext of people wanting to drink and call themselves Christians, today a lot of the emergent church, the pastors have beer bashes with their elders. It's horrible. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it. I don't think it's biblical. Well, you know, Paul's, Paul's references where he talks about stumbling your brothers right. and sisters, sure. there are people in the church who maybe have had a huge history with alcohol. Absolutely. And if they, they could be terribly influenced yeah. because of that situation. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, whether I eat or drink, I do it to the glory of God. Amen. Um, I don't want to do anything that's going to, first of all, offend my Lord. Yeah. That's going to impair my judgment. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, um, do not be drunk with wine in excess, yeah. but be filled with the Spirit. So we're commanded to continue to keep being filled with the Spirit. Now, I presume the majority of people know what it is to be drunk, okay? Majority. Unless you've just been raised in church and never drank. Yeah. And so when I, when I drank and I was under the influence, I, I, my body and mind was under the influence I wasn't talking very clear. Yeah. I wasn't walking very straight. <clears throat> I thought I could do anything. Yeah. And it got me in a lot of trouble. God wants me to be under the same influence of the Spirit of God rather than drunkenness. Amen. Okay? Um, I mean, the number of people that are killed <clears throat> every year of drunk drivers. Amen. Yeah. The people, the number of people that die through cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah. All these things. Well, most most violent crime. Violent crime. Is alcohol and drug related. Yep. In the I mean, yeah. that, that's so for a Christian to fight for that, I would say you're carnal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. carnal. Yeah. It's like the question: How far in the world can you get right. until you're completely separated right, from right? Right. Right. Bad question. You have to get closer to God. Amen. Now, I don't want to do things. Uh, we're not to glory in the things of the past. We're not supposed to be, you know, doing the things that the pagans do, uh, or what we used to do. But we want to make sure the scriptures. So, uh, from the if you look at the scriptures, also you have Noah. He gets off the boat. He gets drunk. What happened? That his sons see him naked and they're right. mocking him. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have other aspects. David, David gave Uriah wine to get him all intoxicated so he would sleep with his wife, but he didn't. No. Okay? He was more honorable than David. And so David had to kill him. It's just one thing leads to another. And why would you want to go there? Yeah. You don't need to go there. Yeah, the scripture exhorts <clears throat> us to be sober for a good reason. Uh, the sons of, um, of Aaron, the first offering after all the instruction God gave, they drank a little Boone's Farm and God barbecued them. Amen. Okay? Right there. He, and he tells them, don't drink wine when you come before me. Yeah, that's the implication right there. Very here. So yeah. anybody who's trying to justify their drinking as a Christian, biblically, is going to have to really twist the scriptures. Yeah. Okay? The most simple basic thing is it'll stumble your brother. Why would you want to do that? One of the other things, Pastor X, that's crazy to me is when people don't have... A priority for honoring God above everything else. You don't 
Put God in that place of priority in your life. You're really going to have a joyless relationship right. with Christ. Right. You're barely going to be squeaking by, you right. know. You're not reading the Bible and spending time yeah, in prayer and yeah. spending time with the Lord. You're not going to have that, no. that joy and again, from God. And it's the waste of money. Amen. Bad that, stewardship that, of your money. That too, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this. And when you're drunk and when you're drinking, you'll say and do stupid things. You will say things to your wife that you shouldn't have said in front of somebody because you just feel a little high right now. Yeah. Uh, you won't be patient with your children or whatever it is. Or you somebody looks at you the wrong way and you want to get in a fight. Whatever. I've been there. Why, why would you want to drink? It's ridiculous if you're a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. So... Getting back to our topic of the Holy Spirit, uh, we're, we're talking about religious people have a thankfulness towards God. We're talking about people who are religious but not, not born again. Right. And their religions all over yeah. different kinds of religions, and they express their thankfulness all kinds of ways. Is, is religious person's thankfulness towards God, is that a thing that's really going to bless God? Is it a thing that operates in the way that it should? Well, not, it doesn't bless God. No. It'll benefit society. Okay. It'll benefit them. But um, if a person doesn't know Jesus Christ, they haven't repented and been born again, um, it, it, they have no access to God. Yeah. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father by me in John 14, 6. Uh, and Timothy 2, 5, one mediator. Acts 4, 12, one name. That's it. So if you're not born again, you may be respectful, you may be religious, you may be thankful, you may be just good neighbor Sam. And it'll help society and the individuals. And it's great for the safety and the productivity of society, but it does not affect your relationship with God. Right. You do not know God. In fact, doing all those good works, the Bible says you're an enemy of God. How so? Because you're not bowing to him. You're not recognizing him as creator and Lord. You're we going to take credit. We, Paul and Romans said we were all enemies of God. Interesting. And he was the, he was the poster child That's right, right there. You know, yeah. in, in, Ephesians, in Romans 5, 1 and 2, he says that we have, we have made peace with God. Yes. Peace, we were at war before in our own rebellion. So when I acknowledge my sinfulness and repent and ask forgiveness, I made peace with God. I drew out my white flag. I surrendered. Amen. Now I can have the peace of God for life situations because I have a relationship. So I'm the one that calls out the war. Yeah. Quit. Amen. God is at war with every aspect of sin and sinners. He loves them, but he can't compromise or condone sin. He's a pure rise and to behold evil, Habakkuk says in chapter 1. So he has to judge sin. And that's why he judged it on his son. Yeah. And he provides the atoning justification so that he doesn't have to pour his wrath on me. And he takes the righteousness of Jesus and then imputes it to me. And now as a Christian, he imparts that righteousness daily as I need it mm -hmm. through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And he's changing us. Yes, transforming made, us. Transforming us From into the image of Christ. Yes. So not only are we walking in, in yeah. the steps, but... So God's it's good for society, it's good for others, but it doesn't... But it's really, religion is more committed to the appearance 
sure. of thankfulness, the yeah. appearance of righteousness, yeah. I think because it, there's no foundation. Yeah, I think religion is a step away from God. Amen. Not a step towards God. Yeah. Because it substitutes religion for God's relationship. Mm-hmm. And let, lets a person be self-deceived, thinking that they're okay and that they're going to be in heaven and that God's going to honor and has to honor what they do. Because of their works. It's a step away from God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. God is good. It's amazing to see how the Lord works in, in the relationship. Yeah. To see it, I, no greater miracle, Pastor X, than to see somebody's life changed. And, and I know through the years we've seen people here at, at Calvary Chapel in Pasadena where, I mean, people I thought would never, would never, and yet you see the Spirit of God work sure. on them and change them. Yeah. It's just yeah. amazing miracle. Yeah, God's the only one. Newton said three great things when he gets to heaven. The one is to uh, find people there he didn't expect to see. The second is to not find people who did expect to see. And the third and greatest is to find himself there. Amen. Um, God's grace and mercy. That's all. John Newton, what a guy. But that, that grace and mercy has conditions. You have to repent of your sins. Yeah. You have to abide in Christ. You have to be growing in Christ Jesus. You have to decrease, he has to increase. Just like Those are conditions. That's cool. It is not unconditional. It, it's interesting how, Pastor Xavier, how humility is a part of real thankfulness to God, a part of worship, really. Mm-hmm. And is, is it absolutely necessary, it seems. Sure. Well, you know, the, um, the aspect of worship, the words, and whether in the Hebrew or the Greek, it's the prostration of your face to the ground. You That's I mean? what the word worship actually means. Yes, yeah, to worship, you know, you just, you're humiliating yourself before a person because the one you're before, you believe is greater than you. Yeah. Um, it, with, before kings and dictators, whatever it may be, they would kiss the hand. They would uh, bow down before them mm-hmm. um, to give obeisance to them. Uh, so thanksgiving and worship of somebody is because you believe they are greater than you. And so when you have, if you look at the pagan and the natural aspect of it, uh, many of these religions of the New Testament were fertility cults. Mm-hmm. Um, our team is the goddess Diana, you know, uh, multi-breasted goddess Diana, and uh, um, they worshiped her in sexual rites in yeah. the city of Corinth. <clears throat> you know, temple prostitutes and, um, and uh, the power of procreation. Rather than being thankful to God, it's abuse and turn into some kind of um, dedication to an inferior God, which is no God at all. Yeah. And so we twist things, uh, um, and yet all of that just corrupts people. Yeah. And so the true worship is understanding who God is, what he's done for me, and how appreciative I am and how indebted I am to him. And I thank him for my heart because of what he's done for me. And there's only one place you can find that. Yep. In the scripture. That's right. Amen. It's interesting that the Lord really places worship at a high priority. And easy for people to get confused and think, well, of course God wants me to worship him. It's glorifying him. It's to his benefit. But the reality is, I think God wants us to worship him because it's the best thing for us. Sure. Well, again, the, the worship of God, he initiates. Mm-hmm. It's a response to God. Amen. And so if, if we're not born again, then we don't respond in the right way to worship. 
We may worship a concept about God. We may worship other people who think they're God. Um, again, uh, the basic connection between idolatry is the worship of an idol. And you give yourself to that idol. You sacrifice yourself, if you will. The old pagan thing where you throw the women into the volcano or yeah. whatever, okay? Um, well, if you look at society, the the idolatry of the day is, is, is sex in the United States. Amen. And so when you have a young lady worshiping this guy, she sacrifices herself. It destroys her personality, her character yes. in every way. Yeah. They don't, but it's, it's because they're worshiping this guy. Where if you're worshiping God, you don't offer that worship to anybody else. You're thankful to God for the person that he brings to you if they're godly. If they're not godly, you don't commit yourself to them. Yeah. But when you're in the world and you're not born again, you're making a decision based on feelings and emotions and what the good benefit is towards you. Yes. And especially as women. Women are, have more emotional highs and lows, and much of their decision-making is emotionalism. Uh, doesn't mean they're inferior intelligently, but they're different. God made them different. And Amen. thank God for that. But uh, it gets women in trouble. Yes. That's why women have always been protected in all society, and in all be. history. Amen. But in our modern-day society, fathers just don't protect their daughters. Yeah. They don't care for them. The culture doesn't. There are no, no guidelines. There are no nope. guardrails. They're interested in making the woman equal to a man, yeah. which is like saying an apple and a pear are equals. They're yeah. not. They're, not They're the both same. fruit, yeah. but they can't be equals. So the scripture, does the Lord command us to worship in scripture as believers, Pastor X? Um, yeah, we're commanded to worship him throughout the Old Testament Amen. by the very Mosaic law by the very practice of the lives of, of um, Solomon and the dedication of the temple. He worships, he's standing up, he's praying, he's on his yeah. knees. Um, worship completely. Although the entire Old Testament, the New Testament, were to worship God in spirit and in truth, Jesus told the woman of Samaria in, in John 4. And so um, in spirit and in truth means according to what the Word of God says. Yes. So if I am worshiping God Honorly and honesty is going to line up with Scripture. So I worship Jesus for what he did for me. Amen. How he died for me. I worship the Father for the plan and sending his Son for me. And so I line myself up with the Word of God. Does the Scripture encourage us to worship the Holy Spirit directly? Not directly, but again, um, we have to understand that the three persons have their place for the process. Yeah, yeah. The Father gives a plan, as I said, and Jesus is the channel, the Holy Spirit is the agent. But nowhere in Scripture are we ever commanded to worship the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Or to do anything else to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Sometimes you have a lot of emotional stuff in extreme Pentecostalism about the Holy Spirit. Right. And Jesus gives us the chain of command in John 14, 15, and 16, the night before he went to the cross. He said, In that day you shall ask me nothing. Ask the Father in my name, and he will give it to you. So we're to come to the Father and ask him in the name of Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit works it out. But even the desire 
to make petition, it comes because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Amen. He is doing this work. He is directing. He's guiding us. He's bringing these impulses, these inclinations, these promptings uh, as we ask the Father. So all three are involved in it. But, but we're never told to pray to the Holy Spirit, really. Amen. We're to pray in the Spirit. Yes. But not to the Spirit. Yeah. Romans 8, Jude. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit or in our prayer language. But not to the Spirit. Yeah. Not one text will you find that. And yet many people do that. Now when Jesus says, pray to the Father in my name. And we've all, at least I have, gotten in the habit of praying all my, at the end of my prayers, I say, in Jesus' name. Wow. Is that what he intended? Was that the idea? Well, again, God's able to sort all that out. Okay. You know, if I just go, Lord, I just want you to help me right now in Jesus' name. Okay, he understands that. But he does give us a command. And when I begin to pray, no matter when or for wherever, my grandkids or other people, whatever, I say, you know, Lord, cleanse us. First of all, I always say, Lord, cleanse us from sin and trespass. Anything that would Amen. keep us from you. And we want to come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I follow the scripture as much as I can. I want to be as close and as accurate as I can because Jesus commanded it. We can go directly to him, but he says, don't do that. Come through the Father unto me. Now, that's the chain of command he gave us. Yes. It's nobody, if, it, if anybody gets offended at that, then they're rebellious against the scripture. Yeah, it's not against me. No. Amen. And so we want to make sure we are, all three of them are involved, but, you know, he gives us a chain of command, and, you know, that's the way it works. It seems like the Lord wants thanksgiving and the giving of thanks to be such an important part of who we are that it, he wants it to be an identifying characteristic that believers would be known by the fact that they give thanks to, to the Lord. Sure, because, again, we're, we're, we're creating the image of God, and even as a father, we want to have uh, uh, his son or daughter to express thankful to them. Amen. Not to gravel, not to just constantly to exalt them and all that, but from the heart. Um, thank, the most simplest way to show the genuineness of that is that it comes from the heart. It's spontaneous. Okay. As a result of something has been given to me or done for me. Like a liturgy. So... It's a response. Okay. You know, you pull over the freeway, you got a blowout, and everybody's passing you up, you know, and somebody pulls over. And they say, hey, you need some help? They say, yeah, thanks a lot. I don't have a jack. Amen. Do you have a jack? And he goes, I mean, listen, thank you very much. I appreciate Can I give you some money? You're, you're expressing, you're, it's a response to the help, to the mercy, to the yes. kindness that's yes. been shown to you. That's truly what Thanksgiving is. And how much more to, to God, completely. And that's a beautiful thing, that people would be so mindful of the Lord's hand upon, you know, I mean, here in the United States, we're so blessed. Yeah. You know, we live in relative peace. You know, not yeah. that there isn't violence and crime, but for the most part, we're protected. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we eat every yeah. day. Yeah. We're, we're clothed. We, we live in communities. Yeah. We're really blessed. Yeah. And it just breaks my heart to think that most people are not thankful to the Lord 
for all that he has done yeah, Thanksgiving for us. is throughout. You have Ephesians 5, 3 through 4, Colossians 3, 14 through 15, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, Philippians 4, 6, and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Amen. Make your request known unto God. And the peace of the past, I'll understand, will guard your hearts and mind. It's just simple. It's like a choo-choo train. It's all hooked up. Amen. <laughs> and if you keep it connected, it works. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, all these directions from the Lord, you know. Um, is there a specific difference between Thanksgiving in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Pastor X? Well, no, Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving. It's just that it was through the law, but the law was based upon the promises of God sending the Messiah. All the sacrifices were of, um, um, of, of, of a type and emblem of Jesus to come. And so... Um, um, they were giving thanks to God for who he was, mm -hmm. that he created them, that he chose them as a nation, that he made a way by which they could come to him through the high priest and they could be accepted. But it was all pointing to the promised Messiah that was given in Genesis 3.15 that the prophets repeatedly uh, gave over and over again through an expansion of the progressive revelation. Um, but um, um, in the New Testament, we're, we're thankful God for the ultimate accomplishment yes. of everything they were waiting for. So they were looking forward to the future. We're, we're looking back and we have the fulfillment in us. God sent the Son who died for us and so we see it clearly and we see from the beginning all how God progressively gave it to us and the fulfillment of it and, the, and what it has accomplished to the world. Of, of saving people, forgiving people, making them more like Jesus, uh, establishing nations like the United States. Yeah. Uh, we're not saying that, that the United States has, has been a Christian nation at, altogether at one time. No. no. It's based on biblical principles, on the God of the Bible. Yeah. And the majority of the people that came to the United States were Christian. Yes. They were fundamentalist Christians. They were Bible-believing Christians. And so hopefully through the upbringing of family, that expands and everything. But, you know, it starts breaking down. Now yes. we're in the United States, and it's atheistic. It's God-hating. Yeah. And there's still a core of believers, and God in His mercy poured out His Spirit in our lifetime through the 70s, late 60s, early 70s, the Jesus movement through Pastor Chuck Smith and other type individuals. And God is merciful. God will always pour out His Spirit. But man it, it, it is a bent nail. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's a bent nail. That's a great picture of humankind. And so you might be um, out there listening. You might think that, well, you know, I just um, I, I don't agree with some of the things you say, you know, about man being evil. Well, if you think man is good, give me the, the nation, the time in history, um, the culture that has been um, altogether good. They're evil. You yeah. commit crimes and only when there's consequences so don't make the bible complicated keep it simple it's literal absolutely literal god bless you guys and again remember keep it simple god bless you you've been listening to keep it simple with your host pastor xavier reese on simple truths radio we hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. 
For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.